This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Do you have a group chat where you continuously talk about summer getaways but never actually go anywhere? With Priceline, you can save up to 60% on your favorite hotels and also get amazing deals on rental cars and flights. And you can do it all from your phone. So stop texting and start planning. It's time to get more out of your summer. And you know, when you save more, you can do more. More adventures with friends, more unbelievable views, more walks on the beach, more unforgettable moments. Priceline knows every trip is a big deal. So tell your friends you found a great deal on the Priceline app and take your plans out of the chat and onto the road. So remember, when you're ready to book your next trip, check out Priceline.com for the easiest way for you to get more out of your next summer getaway. Just because our parents are getting older doesn't mean they don't have lots to do. They might just need a little help. At Care.com, you'll find people who can take them to appointments and events, help pick up groceries and cook great meals. Whatever it is they like to do, the right caregiver can help. And since everyone at Care.com is background checked, you can be confident that you're getting support from someone you can trust. Find qualified local senior caregivers for your parents at Care.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. In this episode, I'll be talking to Thomas Boff from the Wolves blog. He's a Wolves supporter, and he is on to share his thoughts on his club ahead of this match against Fulham. This is our view of the opposition show, which is our preview for the upcoming match. I look forward to doing the show, but before I do anything, I have to welcome Thomas to the show. Thomas, welcome to Cottage Talk. Thank you so much for doing this with me. No worries, Russ. Thanks for having me on. We brought it. Well, I look forward to talking to you about Wolves. This is a huge match for Fulham on Boxing Day, so I definitely want your perspective on your team. But let's start from the get-go. Let's just get your opening view of Wolves' season so far. Well, yeah, I mean, um, prior to the Liverpool game last week, we were we were seventh in the table. Um, and, you know, we dropped down to tenth now after the last game week. But, um 
you know, being seventh in the table um, just before Christmas, it, it couldn't have gone much better if you if you subscribe to the fact that the top six are basically untouchable, then to be seventh is effectively being top of the Premier League that we're realistically competing in. So to be a newly promoted team and be as high as seventh after 17 games and still be, you know, 10th now is is an amazing achievement for Wolves. Um, I think we are where we should be in the table because I think we've won a few games where we could have probably lost and we've we've lost a couple of games where we possibly could have got something. So, um, but our all-round play, we just kind of carried on where we left off in the Championship um, made some good additions to the team in key areas, but generally kept the same nucleus of players together, kept the same philosophy, played every team the same way we would have played teams in the Championship last season, and that served us very well. So, um, so to summarise, I, I think it, it couldn't have really gone much better. It's interesting. I've watched Wolves play a few times, and I'll go back to the beginning of the season when I saw you play Manchester City. That's when I knew that not only have you arrived, that you would be able to compete against the biggest teams in the uh, league. Yeah, absolutely. Played played really well in that game. We, we rode our luck a bit because you always do against the top sides. You're always relying on them not taking the chances or not scoring you know, some sort of ridiculous, unstoppable goal. But we equipped ourselves very well, defended. We're, we're a very good team. The Bournemouth manager said, uh, Eddie Howe, a few weeks ago, said that we're a very good team at absorbing lots of pressure. And I think that that is an accurate assessment of, of us as a team. Really good at, that's why we seem to get the results against the top yep. team, because we can we can sit deep, absorb what they throw at us, and we can break really quickly. So that, that has served us particularly well in the Premier League. Okay, excellent there. Let's now take a look at your additions that you added from the summer, because there's been serious impact to your season so far. Jimenez, Patricio, Moutinho, just to name three of them. So just talk a little bit about them because I think they have just added to a very good squad that you already had. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Rui Patricio in goal, top-class international goalkeeper, however many caps he's got for Portugal. What a massive coup to get him to come to Wolves. Um, We had John Ruddy in goal last season, who did very well for us in the Championship. But I don't think anyone would dispute the fact that Patricio is is an upgrade and he started the season phenomenally. You know, you talk about that Man City game. He made some wonderful saves in that game. Yes, I remember. Yeah, you know, um, and, and he was, you know, he's been a wonderful signing. He's, he's wobbled a little bit lately, but I think all goalkeepers have a couple of games where perhaps a few soft goals go in. Or, uh, But generally, he's been a, a very good acquisition for us. Very reliable, safe, uh, which is exactly what you want. Um, we added Johnny Castro on loan from uh, Atletico Madrid. They bought him in the summer and immediately loaned him out to us. <laughs> and he looked a very good full Spain international for his first cap a few months ago. Um, he came in in place of uh, Barry Douglas, who we sold to Leeds, which some Wall supporters felt was a questionable decision, given the number of assists and goals Barry Douglas scored from left wing back last season. But But Johnny's... Undoubtedly a better all-round player, even if he hasn't got the, the set-piece delivery that Barry Douglas had. Um, and yeah, then in centre midfield, uh, Yaron Moutinho from Monaco, two million, I think it was, absolute steal. Wow. Uh, so much experience, so composed on the ball, just slotted in alongside Ruben Neves uh, and just has made our team that much more efficient. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a really, you know, wise intelligent, experienced footballer, and he's got us through a few games. 
um, you know, just with, with that experience. Um, yeah, and, and then um, up front, really, Raul Jimenez is, is the big one. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's five assists and five goals, I think he's got um, so far, and he's just been phenomenal. I mean, even against Liverpool last Friday in a game that was very difficult against Van Dijk at the back, very strong player for Liverpool. I mean, he, he did, you know, acquitted himself very well, held the ball up, brought others into play. He's been an amazing acquisition. Well, I say an acquisition because we've actually only got him on loan currently. Um, I think if we want to buy him, Benfica want 30 million, 30, 35 million. Um, and I sort of scoffed at that in the early games. But now looking at the way the market's going, you actually think maybe maybe 35 million is, is probably what he's worth, you know, especially if he ends up Possibly. Um, at the end of the season. So, yeah, and then the, the wild card edition was um, Adama Traore from Middlesbrough, who has been really, you know, hit and miss, hasn't really managed to hold down a place in the team. But he's a, a wonderful player to introduce from the bench. He's just complete box office, you know, every time he's on the ball. Thomas, can I tell you, every time I see him play, he scares me. Yeah, yeah, in more ways than one, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, you know, he's... Uh, he, power and pace. Yeah, that's exactly it. You just summarised it, power and pace. I mean, the, I think we're we're asking him to do more than he was being asked to do at Middlesbrough last season. Just an out-and-out right winger for Middlesbrough, you know, running down the wing, getting crosses in. For us, we're asking him to play more inside. I think he's finding it tough. But certainly, you know, we've brought him on um, at the Emirates and we brought him on at Old Trafford and he nearly won us those games and he did win us a game at West Ham earlier in the season just powering through and, and scoring late on so even he even though he's been hit and miss he's just given us something extra even if that's just from the bench but but all our signings I would say we we, we signed Belgian international uh, Leander Dendonka as well who hasn't been able to really get into the team um, but him aside I would say that um, you know our acquisitions were were well considered and they generally improve the squad, so so no complaints at all. Okay, excellent. Certainly going to ask you about key players in just a few minutes, but before we do that, I want to ask you about one young player that I think has a, an extremely bright future, and that's Morgan Gibbs-White. Talk about him. Yeah, well, I mean, he started. He came through last season. Um, he started getting some game time under Nuno. Um, and I wasn't really sure about him. He looked, he looked very, he looked like a boy still. He was very weak physically. He looked like a bit lightweight. I wasn't really sure what his best position was, where he was going to play. But I, I knew he was very highly thought of by the club. We've been talking about him for years. I think he's, he was in and around training with the first team when he was like 15. So when you've got that kind of talent, um, and obviously because Wolves have been on a steep upward trajectory for the last couple of seasons, the simple fact that he's managed to you know, be within that group of players tells you that he must be a talent. Um, went to the World Cup with the under was eight, under twenties, and I can't remember what year, but they won the World Cup in that age group. The same, the same team that had Phil Foden in from Man City and a few others. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's just he came back uh, this season for the pre-season game against Villarreal, which is the first time I saw him this year, and he just looked a different player. He just looked so fast, so strong, so capable. Um, he's been playing centrally sort of in between midfield and attack and he just moves the ball so quickly and he's just got an eye for a pass and he's just upped his game I just feel like it's the he's realising the potential now and he's he's beefed up a bit physically you know and he, he's just had some wonderful performances he came on against Tottenham I think that's really where he caught a lot of people's eye went past good players in their midfield 
And then against Chelsea a few weeks ago, he basically turned that game on its head by beating Fabregas and bursting through and supplying the pass for Jimenez to equalise. And, you know, he's he just had other little cameos. He came on against Arsenal, hit the bar late on. He's just a very talented player. He's one of those rare breeds of central midfielders who can pass, um, but also receive the ball in deep areas and drive forward in possession. So he's a he's a very interesting, versatile player. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited every time I see him in the team. Well, that's great. Thank you for sharing that about him. Obviously, Fulham have a exciting young player, Ryan Sessegnon, and hopefully he'll be playing. He is a doubt for this match, so we'll see if he actually can play. He's been out the last couple of matches with a, a reported groin injury, so uh, I am hoping that he can play because uh, I think Fulham have missed him. They they miss what he can offer. Another yeah. young player. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say he's been he's been a thorn in our side before, so um, you know, I, won't I remember. Be too, yeah, I won't, be, I won't be too upset. If he's not. I remember last season, my friend. All right, let's now talk a little bit about Nuno. I want to get your thoughts on him, but I'm curious. You've already talked a little bit about this. You think that you pretty much have stayed the course from the type of team you were last season? But I want to ask you: Has he made any tweaks to the team this season on how you play, or is it just really the same type of play? Well, I mean, I think at the start of the season, it was exactly the same. He hadn't really changed anything. Um, and it was only really last month when we got into a bit of a sticky time where we lost we lost something like five out of six games. And he just made a small adjustment and he sort of started playing a more of a three-man midfield because he's always just played two holding midfielders and then three forward players. But he's sort of playing a more narrow front two and then uh, adding a third player deeper in the midfield, which is why Gibbs-White has, has got more game time. And that's just helped us get a little bit more, um, you know, possession um, of the ball, which was important because we weren't seeing enough of the ball. And that seems to have helped us. But, but generally speaking, we play the same way. You know, we stay defensively compact, positionally disciplined. But then when we've got the ball, we look to use it effectively. And we're always looking to spring that fast counter-attack, which is what right. we did so well last season. Okay, excellent. Let's now move on. Let's uh, go to strengths and weaknesses. As always, I use what is uh, written on whoscored.com. I'm also going to mention style play. So I'm going to give you what they say about first your strengths and style play, and then after that we'll talk about weaknesses. This is what whoscored.com says. Thomas, as strengths for Wolverhampton Wanderers, strong counterattacks, creating scoring chances, aerial duels, Protecting the lead. You've already talked about counterattacks, so I think they have that one, right? <laughs> Style play, this is what they write. Attacking down the right. Take a lot of shots. Play with width. Take long shots. Attempt through balls often. Consistent first 11. Playing in their own half. Okay, so I've given you style play and strengths. Does that add up? And if not, tell me additional strengths that maybe they did not mention. No, I, th- I think most of that is quite fair, really. Um I think they mentioned playing in our own half, which is, I think what we try to do is use the, when we're in possession, we we try to use the ball intelligently, make sure we don't give it away in important areas and really just probe and and wait for a moment. Um, But if that moment doesn't come and we can't slip a through ball in, we try to just make sure that we don't leave ourselves exposed because even though we've got this reputation of being a really good attacking attack minded team I actually think we're quite defensive minded you know we, we set up to not concede um, and we, we, we stay very compact as a block defensively 
Um, but yeah, I mean, well, what else they say? Attack down the right, possibly, because um, yep. I think more of our, I think Matt Doherty has been, been, you know, the more attacking wing back, the one who tends to get inside more. And then obviously when Traore plays, he's in, you know, inevitably down the right. So you know, I think every team has a has a side of the pitch that they've got their better attacking players on. That probably is accurate for us. Through balls, yeah. I mean, when you've got Ruben Neves and you've got Jota and you've got Jimenez even who drops deep and looks to slip passes in, we're definitely about that. Um, yeah, and, and last it was more last season really that we scored a lot of set piece goals because we had the delivery of Barry Douglas. We've, we've had a few this year, but certainly not as many. Um, we've missed that a bit because it was always a nice way to get a few cheap goals. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, nothing in there stands out as, as being wildly incorrect. Okay. Let's now go to what they say about weaknesses. Finishing scoring chances, avoiding following in dangerous areas, defending against long shots, defending set pieces. Yeah, well, I don't know about defending set pieces. Um, we do zonal marking, which is always, you know, an issue of contention for a lot of people. Always people say, oh, it should be man-to-man. Everyone should have their man. But I, the zonal mark system seems to have generally worked all right. I can't really think of the set piece goals we may have conceded. But, but yeah, I mean, and, you know, defend long shots. Because of how we play, I think teams find it hard to get through our defence, so they tend to take shots from distance. So by virtue of the fact they take more shots, they tend to concede more goals from distance. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then failure to convert chances, that's probably been the bane of our existence. We've, we've, we've created that many openings in all the matches, really, and, and the difference has often been, have we taken our chances? So um, so again, yeah, I, I, don't think I'd, I don't think I'd overly disagree with any of that. Okay, fantastic. All right. Now let's talk about key players for Wolverhampton Wanderers against Fulham. Who has to play well for you to get all three points? Um, well, I think I'm always looking at the attack. Um, I've got a lot of faith in our in our defence and midfield. We're, we're normally quite reliable. We're a team that generally tries to always set up to concede zeros or ones. And, and a lot of the time we, we're able to do that. Um, so it comes down to will we create the chances and will we take those chances when they come? So really, we, if we can get Raul Jimenez into the game, um, he's going to be an important player. Um, uh, I think whoever, we've, we've rotated a lot of our wide players. So at different times, we've had Jota or Cavalero or Traore or Costa. So I'm not exactly 100% confident on who will start on Boxing Day at Craven okay. Cottage. But, um, but if, um, you know, let's let's say it's Costa and um, Traore, for instance, those will be the key players. Because if we get those players into the game and we're able to hurt you in the final third, I, I generally would back us to only concede zero or one. So um, getting the result will, will come down to those attacking players. Okay. Very good there, my friend. All right. Let's now switch and talk about form. Let's start with talking about... Claudio Ranieri, I want your thoughts about him being hired. It's, it seems like a long time ago, but it's only, I want to say, about a month. It hasn't been that long, but um, he's starting to show his uh, impact as we finally got our first clean sheet. That's something that he keeps talking about, getting a clean sheet. Well, Fulmer finally done that. So what are your thoughts about Ranieri? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I, I'm not really sure. He's one of those managers who you don't, I don't really tie him down to a particular style of play, which is quite quite weird. Like, I mean, you had Joe Kanovich and 
he was kind of you knew what he was about he passed the ball. yeah you, he had a clear philosophy and like you know you've got your sam allardyce you've got your you know every manager that comes in you know you tend to have a a, a flavor of the type of football they're likely to play uh, but with ranieri i think the tinker man is a good a good nickname for him because i would totally agree with that by the way yeah yeah how is he going to play i mean it, it, it's quite it's when I heard that he kind of parked the bus a bit at Newcastle, you know, yeah. played a much more defensive formation. He was obviously really prioritising getting the defence sorted out, yes. which I think you've got to. You can't go on conceding an average of more than two goals a game. Totally agree. It's the foundation. They need that. Yeah, exactly. So you, you can't. He, he's, he, I think he's recognised that it doesn't matter how well he does in other areas of the pitch. If they don't sort plug that defence, they've got no problem. They've got no chance at all. So... So, you know, you, you mean you beat Southampton and then you, you've got a couple of decent results here and there, but then you've also still had that those disappointing games, you know, games like West Ham at home where you yep. might have thought there was, there was a chance to get something there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think for him, he just needs to get the sense if he can just get one or two results and they'll definitely be looking at this game as, as one that they need to, you know, to turn things around for them. I think if you get if he he'll know that if he gets the confidence into these players and he can get the defense sorted, then you've got more than enough quality to certainly be as you know competing with those teams immediately above you and getting out of trouble. So, um, but yeah, in terms of Ranieri himself, I I it's just a wild card. It seems like a wild card appointment for me. And I know he's won the Premier League with Leicester, but um, it just seems like anything could happen. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he took you down and I wouldn't be surprised if you ended up in mid-table. I, I, <laughs> I just literally have no no clue how it's going to pan out for me. Well, like I already mentioned, uh, I think I now understand why he got that reputation as the tinker man. I think he's trying to figure it out, but he has constantly talking about defense and rightfully so. Like I said, the foundation, it needs to start there. We're starting to see that. But he does have the quality players going forward as well. And I think you have to start with the defense first, Thomas, and then the rest will come. I think that's the type of approach he's looking at. And uh, that, to me, it's we're starting to see it. So hopefully it will continue to grow. But, yes, the next two matches for Fulham supporters are huge. Yeah. Home matches against yourselves and then against Huddersfield Town. These are matches that Fulham desperately need to win. Uh, really, they, they do. Uh, because of the teams around them, you know, obviously they need to start picking up points. He'll definitely be looking at this match as uh, one to win. All right, just overall, because, again, we started by talking about Ranieri. What, what are your thoughts about Fulham? I, I know it's popular because I hear it over and over again. Fulham has spent £100 million. Pounds. That's the opening line whenever anyone talks about Fulham. And the second line is how many goals they've given up. And I understand that, but there's obviously more to the story with Fulham, but I'm curious your view of Fulham. Yeah, well, I mean, I obviously benefit from from having seen you a lot of you guys last season, um, right? And and my overriding view is that you, I'm just so surprised that you took the decision to to not spend so much money necessarily, but to just completely almost gut that entire team. Um, yeah, they did. Because you know, if you look at what Wolves did, they went well. You know, we've obviously got a pretty decent team. Um, we were promoted. Let's just look at three or four areas of the pitch where we can maybe get a similar type of player who's just an improvement in quality. And I've just felt that's what Fulham should have done because, you know, that team you had last season, I put in my own preview, I would be more intimidated going to Craven Cottage on Boxing Day if we were playing last season's team 
well, than I would be this season because that team was so cohesive and well knitted together. Okay, you were you know a bit frail defensively at times, but you know you kept the ball well. You were a really efficient, well drilled unit, and you had some really technically very good players. So you know it, it's just when you bring in that many players in a short period of time, you're just throwing the deck of cards up in the air and going, you know, hopefully this team will gel. And, and it's almost like going back to square one, albeit with... It was, seriously. You know, yeah, so it, I'm just surprised that they took that um, took that approach, really. And I've, I've seen bits of Fulham this season, and and it's kind of, yeah, they, they look competitive, but then, uh, you know, they look like a team at times, particularly out of possession, where it, it's obvious that they haven't played together. It's not necessarily just about individuals and mistakes, I know there's been a lot of question marks over some of the defenders you brought in and how they're performing. But I just think, you know, defensively, it's about consistency and understanding. Um, and, and you were on a hiding to nothing already because of the fact that you tra- you changed most of the team. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I it's hard for me to form a view on what they are now because it's it seems to be a different team every time I see you play. And <laughs> obviously now Ranieri's having his own input yeah, I mean, individually, I mean, you've definitely got a better squad on paper than, you know, the four or five teams who are immediately ahead of you, at least. So I agree it, with that. It, it stands to reason that if you if he can get it right and he can find a team and a shape um, that, that, you know, can get you the results. And there's absolutely no reason you're only four points off whoever it is, Cardiff in 17th, absolutely that could be turned over in a blink of an eye. So so I, my expectation probably is that you, you'll pick up, um, but it's just it's just so difficult to say, isn't it? It's a hard one, and uh, I think we have the talent to potentially be mid-table. I know that's crazy to say where they are right now, but that's the way I look at it. But what's interesting about this, and I want to just spend a few minutes talking about it because you brought up something very interesting when we talk about the differences between the way Wolves looked at it and the way Fulham looked at it, and also the way that Cardiff looked at it, all three teams. Cardiff basically went with the, the same team, and they added just a few pieces, but it was mostly a championship side that now they brought in to the Premier League. Your team added some key pieces but kept the core, was still intact. And here's my reasoning why I think Fulham went the way they did compared to Wolves. Wolves had players that were Premier League ready. Let's just be honest. They had a bunch of players already that were good enough to play in the Premier League. There were several players with Fulham that were great in the championship. In my opinion, were not good enough to play in the Premier League. And that's the reason why I feel management decided to go for upgrades pretty much everywhere because they wanted not just to survive. They wanted to compete. Whether it's right or wrong, only time's going to tell how it all works out, Thomas. But when I'm looking at the differences between, say, Fulham's approach and Wolves' approach, I think it has to deal with the talent that was already there. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, of course, it's a sort of opinion, isn't it? And that's what, like you say, they're looking at individuals, though, rather than perhaps at the expense of the team dynamic, which right. is... And that's a gr- great point, because that team was together and your team was solid, so instead of blowing it up, you just added to it. Fulham blew it up, so they were looking at individual talent instead of the team unit and you're asking all these new players to come together as a team. And I think that's the struggle that you're seeing with Fulham right now. 
Yeah, exactly. It's the human element that people yeah. don't see. You know, we, if you're just looking at names on a piece of paper and statistics <laughs> and stuff, it, it, it can, you know, you can think that we're not playing a computer game. You know, these are no. like human beings and, you know, that it, it's a lot about it. You know, if, you, if you're looking around a team and it's 10 strangers, are you going to try as hard when it's 10 people that you really sort of bonded with and care about and you go to war with each other? You know, it's that kind of thing. And, and, and that's probably the thing that Ranieri's now really got to try and do, gel these players together. But what will be interesting with Fulham is what they do in January. You know, do they Absolutely. go or at the bottom, we need to bring in another five or six players. And, you know, they are they going to make the same mistake? I mean, I think the obvious you know, will be that you bring in a defender or two maybe and, and possibly move some players out, but it may not solve the problem because it might not just be about personnel. Um, it might be about, you know, creating an understanding. So like you say, these next two games may really influence what you guys do in, in the transfer market because if you win the next two and you're actually outside the bottom three, you might look at it and think, actually, it's coming together a bit now. But yep. if you lose the next two, <laughs> I think uh, panic may set in because you oh. might be like, well, we're cut adrift at the bottom. And <laughs> they lose these next two, huge panic. It's, there's huge panic now. So, yes, definitely, I, I totally agree with that. Let me just go to you before we go to predictions. We're going to jump all the way down to the prediction section that I have on uh, the view of the opposition show. What players concern you for Fulham from a Wolves perspective? Well, I mean, the players who hurt us last season, Sessegnon, obviously, um, you know, good player, wide player, can slip into the areas of the pitch that generally tend to hurt us in between the defence and the wing-backs. He's a, he's a danger. Mitrovic, obviously, unbelievable for you guys in the second half of the championship last season. Really thought, you know, at one point you were just going to storm through and... and you know, even be pushing us for the title, let alone just second, you know, because you were, you were coming like an express train when you had him. Um, yep. And he's a player I wouldn't have minded seeing at Wolves in the summer. I, I remember saying he would be a great option to have, a big kind of target man, a, a give us a real point of difference. So I, I'm always worried about him, um, again, because he hurt us last season. Um, you know, those those two, and like, like I said, that says a lot, doesn't it? Because, I mean, they're players you had already. Um and I, you know, I, I've got a lot. Of, obviously, got a soft spot for Kevin McDonald because he was at Wolves. Of course, I, I know from watching him for two or three years what a really talented player he is. Um, I don't. I'm guessing he's not going to play. I don't. I don't. I don't know if he's injured or he's um, just not coming back player. from injury. Yeah. So I mean, he he'd be he's a good player. I'd be I'd be worried about him. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing a couple of the players that you you brought in over the summer. Obviously, Seri. Um, Scored that amazing goal against Burnley, wasn't it, earlier in the season? And, oh, fantastic. But, but I think he's – I get the impression that he hasn't potentially lived up to the the hopes and expectations. He hasn't. He yeah. hasn't. There's been an adjustment period from him. I think coming from uh, the style of play in France and playing in the Premier League, I think he's still learning that uh, he has no time on the ball. He has to be aware of his surroundings much better than he has been for the majority of the season, I think that's just going to take time that everyone adjusts at different time periods, but he's been a little bit of a disappointment because we had such high expectations. We've seen flashes, but I yeah. think um, hopefully we'll see the player that uh, Fulham wanted uh, initially from France. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, if you can stay up these seasons, a lot of these players might look a lot better the next time around. So, but um, but yeah, I mean, but even he, you know, he's. Well, I mean, I'm guessing he's sort of a central midfielder type yes. player. And, I mean, last season you had McDonald, and you had Kearney, yep. and they're you know two really good players, and, and they had a good and struck up a partnership and an understanding. They were probably the outstanding midfield in the championship for much of last season. Yep. Um, so you know, Kearney's another player who I've got a lot of time for because he's yep. he's he's earned his chance back in the Premier League through through being a really solid Championship player for a number of years. So you know him as well. Um, but yeah, like I say, I'm struggling to keep. I love Schurler. <laughs> Schurler's a you know a, immediately a recognisable name, not from necessarily what he's done at Fulham. I know he scored sure. goals for you guys, but obviously I've I've been a big fan of him. I was surprised Chelsea let him go when they did. Um, but he's obviously he's an international World Cup winner, so you, you've got to you've got to be aware of him. But um, sure. but yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've go through your team and say all kinds of individuals who have a lot of talent, but it's who can play and and how that unit is going to uh, you know perform on any given match day at the moment. Sure, Thomas, there's one player that I want to talk to you about because I'm curious your thoughts on this. He's a polarizing player with Fulham supporters for many reasons because he has power and pace like Adama Traore, yeah. but he does not have the finishing of uh, what you need from a striker. He is just raw and extremely raw. But when I look at him, I see some of the same qualities as Traore, but just not as finished as him and someone that, again, at times can just look like uh, a bull in a china shop. He yeah. will scare you, but his finishing just isn't there. And I always think of Triority, but Triority is better than Kamara. But I'm curious if he plays tomorrow, your thoughts on him. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it. You, you just hit the nail on the head. You're always intimidated when when any team possesses a player like that who can go past people or who can run in behind powerfully. Um but, it, you know, it's the same. Like you say, the comparison with Traore is there because Traore can run, he can beat five men, but then he can trip over his own laces, you know, or he can <laughs> scuff his finish into the side netting and it's it's no good, but they excite you. It's it's really, it's a strange one as a supporter because yeah. I'll, never, I'll never be disappointed to see Traore's name on the team sheet because you know that the opposition are thinking, oh, he's a handful. He could open the door, um, you know, at any moment in the game. So, yeah, and I think it's the same from Kamara. I think he had yeah. chance, he had chances at Newcastle, didn't he? And he just couldn't quite sort himself out with the finish. But um, I don't know. I mean, my, I think my gut instinct is with players like that is they they're never going to become the player that you want them to become. Um, <laughs> I always think that you, you probably they're probably always better as impact substitutes. Yeah. And I, I still think for, with you know when you throw them on when you're looking to change the game or upset the op- you know the opposing teams with them a bit. Um, but you know they might perform even if they have a good game for you. It'll then be another five or six before they can put it together again. Um, so I mean I haven't seen a lot of Kamara, so yep. I don't, I can't really comment definitively. Um, but if he's like Traore, then if I was a Fulham supporter, I'd be thinking I want to see him involved because he's obviously yep. going to put teams on the back foot, but not necessarily you know first name on the team sheet. Um, but I think if if Ranieri's going to say right, I'm going to pack out the defence and I'm going to you know going to make the midfield ultra compact and defensive as well, then you need players who can carry the ball. You need that outlet. 
yeah. So he may become a more important player. Um, but it's difficult though, isn't it? You know, as a Fulham fan last season, you had the champagne football, didn't you? you, you... Oh, it's totally different. Exactly. So it's, 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 again, I would say 180 degrees different. We've gone from a team that played with this lovely passing football to now a team that's defense first. So yeah. it's an adjustment. It's an adjustment for me to really, you know, understand what's going on. But it's funny because when I look back at the Newcastle United match, and I said this on our post-match show, I actually enjoyed it. And that might shock some people because I wanted to see the team unity that you and I were talking about what you have with Wolves, the team that can play together, the team that is committed together. And I saw that. Yeah. And that it starts with the foundation of defense. And we're starting to see it. And that, to me, is what excited me. I wanted them to be difficult to break down because they haven't been. And that was a, a good step in the right direction. But getting back to Kamara, you know, again, talking about priority, that, that's the argument. Should he come off the bench for, like, say, 20 to 30 minutes? Or should he start at certain points? It's a tough one because when you play the style right now that Ranieri has, you do need someone that has some pace. And he offers certainly offers that. But I also think that maybe if Ryan Sessignon was available, maybe that kind of counteracts that he's been out. So it's an interesting situation with uh, Bubakar Kamara. Like I said, very polarizing. And I thought of Triority immediately when I think of uh, Kamara. Just, you know, I mean, I, not exact comparison, but I think you understand where I'm going on that. Yeah, yeah. Be interested to see if either of those players actually – have an impact, having had this conversation, seeing if I actually, maybe one of them will be the match winner and we'll look like geniuses for discussing it. But um, Or maybe both of them will hit the side netting. Yeah, trip over their own feet. Yeah, nice down. Yeah, follow that. <laughs> All right, very good, my friend. Let's now go to predictions. Let's now get your view from a Wolves perspective. What do Wolves need to do to win this match? Well, what they need to do to win is is uh, is, is score. I think um, I I would back always back us against anyone outside of the top six to go and be defensively sound and concede a zero or a one. And if you can concede a zero or a one, you've got a very good chance of getting something. I mean, that's been Fulham's problem too often. It's been two, three, or four. So it's that's right. That, that that's what we need to do. Um, you know, we need to. But you know, because I would rely on us to do that always. Um, it's going to be about scoring, taking our chances, because we'll always create chances, even if it's just one or two. It's just about taking them. So, um, you know, that just putting it together, just putting the performance together that this team is is capable of doing. We've had quite a few one nil wins this season, um, and if we're going to win that, that may be the that may be the you know the way to do it. But it's it's so hard to know because Ranieri's a wild card. Is he going to park the bus kind of a bit like he did against Newcastle, or is he going to change it up again because you guys are at home? And yeah, no I don't know. It's a wonderful question because I don't have the answer, and that's what actually fascinates me about this is going to be what he does. Yeah, exactly. So that that will that will impact the game. Wolves will play the same regardless of how Fulham play. You know, if you look to get on the ball and have more possession, then we'll sit deep and try and absorb that and hit you on the break. If you play more defensively and allow us to have the ball, we will get more into your half and try and use that ball. That, and that's why walls are so strong, because they're able to, they're kind of a defensive team in, in, in the mould of other teams who've been in the, the Premier League. You know, the, But also, if teams want to say to us, OK, have the ball and attack us, we're equally happy to do that. So, um, 
so yeah, we're, we're which that's why I think we're tricky opposition. But um, but yeah, if we if we can, I think if we can if we can score one or two, we've got a very good chance of winning the game. Okay. Now I am going to put you in the shoes of Claudio Ranieri as he tinkers and tries to figure out how to beat Wolverhampton Wanderers. What would you do if you were him? If I wanted to beat Wolves, I would look for to get the extra man in midfield. So I'd be playing a three-man midfield because the, the teams that who have, I would say, comprehensively beaten us, probably Watford did it. Um, who else did it? Watford did it. Tottenham, Tottenham at times did it to us. I mean, that ended up a 3-2 game. Um, but, but certainly I think Watford came down and they had Decore in the, in the centre midfield, big, powerful, athletic midfielder. And then they had Will Hughes and Kapui either side of them. And they just dominated our midfield because... We've got Nev. We'll probably play Neves and Moutinho, or uh, you know, a like-for-like like combination in there, um, and, and, and a big physical. I don't know if you've got that. I don't know. If, I don't think Seri's that kind of player, but you, you know, you've got if you can play. Tom Chambers might be able to do that job. Yeah, exactly. Someone who can really get hold of that midfield and, and, and beat us and, and uh, you know dominate the, the possession. That that would intimidate me more than if you sit back and allow us to have the ball. But um, but yeah, I mean, I suppose there's there's always um, a question mark over whether because we play two full wing backs, and if they push forward, then it leaves gaps. So if you've got someone like Sessegnon, who can slip into those channels just outside, in between our back three and, and those wing back positions, you know, again, Kamara could end up being an important player for you, Kamara, because he might be the one who does that and right. uses pace to stretch that back three. And and as always, you know. Crosses in the box for Mitrovic, you know yep. he he we we can be found out from those. You know it's um, he's a very tricky player, so it's um, it's tough. You know I suppose in short I'd be saying play like you did last season because you you fairly comfortably beat us um, at the end of last season. So yeah. if I was Ranieri, I'd be looking at the blueprint of that game because Wolves won't play dramatically different or set up dramatically different. So that should be the blueprint, really. That's a good point to go back and look at that victory last season. We're so different now under Ranieri, but like you mentioned, we keep talking about as a tinker man. I, I don't disagree with looking at how Fulham did it that time. Does he have the uh, players to do it this time around? I don't know. It's a great question how he sets his team up. I'm fascinated by this because I'm just not sure. As uh, you're not sure, I, I just don't know how he's going to approach this. I wasn't expecting him to play three at the back against Newcastle United. And there have been a couple of matches there. I, I just was just surprised. So he certainly is trying to figure things out. All right, my friend, let's now go straight to your prediction and I'll share mine. That's how we'll end this. Yeah, yeah. Well, on my own preview, I've, I've said one all. So I'm, I'm going to okay. stick um, I draw. I think you need the points more than we do. We do. Uh, uh, and I just think... It seems the most likely outcome. I mean, I I think you're because you need the points. I think there might be a more fire to start quickly and and, and put us under pressure. Um, you you know you I think you've got the players to always score a goal. Um, but then I, I still think even if he sets up defensively, Ranieri, we've got the players who can create chances and 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 hopefully take one of those chances. So um, so yeah, I'm just sitting on the fence basically with the one. <laughs> Okay, well, here's my prediction, and uh, I think this is going to be an extremely tough match, but I do like 
Fulham's chances at home. And like you mentioned, it's a similar setup. So I think Ranieri should know a little bit about how to play against uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. It's just a matter of what he's going to do. I do like Fulham's chances in this, and I've been going back and forth on uh, what I'm going to predict here. And I can't believe I'm going to predict this because I, I never thought I would. I'm going to predict 1-0 to Fulham. I can't believe I'm going to predict a clean sheet. I can't believe I'm going to do this. Two clean sheets in a row, that would be, uh, that would be something. But, yeah, I mean, I think, I think for Fulham, you, you've got these two games, four points. Yeah. Now, I think if you collected – I think it would be better for you if you got a point here and beat Huddersfield. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But obviously, six points is a is a uh, six seat. points would be huge for them right now. But I yeah. I see where you're going on that. But you know we'll see. Yeah, I mean this is a this is a hard one because I could see them winning this match because I you know I I remember from last season. I know like you said that you know we we have a different team. You have a, have a different team and you have upgrades. And but I I just see Fulham needing this and. They're going to find a way to get all three points. So I'm going with you. a form victory and a, another clean sheet, and people are going to probably think I'm bonkers, and uh, you're probably right. All right. Oh, Thomas, thank you so much for doing this with me on such short notice. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. Have a great Christmas. All right. You too. All right. Before we go, tell everyone how they can say, follow um, the blog on Twitter and also how that they can see the blog, I guess. Yeah, yeah, well, it's really easy. Wolfsblog.com is the uh, web address. I do previews, uh, match reports for every game, so you can always check it out. There's a preview up for the, the game on the on the site there, so yep, go and check it. that. And, um, and, yeah, there'll be a report after with, with my view of the game. And you can always get me on, on Twitter, which is just at Wolfsblog. Again, fairly easy to remember. I've also got a Facebook page, which is just facebook.com forward slash Wolfsblog. And, uh, yeah, that's generally it for us. Okay, fantastic. You've been a great guest, but it is time to wrap this up. For my guest, Thomas Boff, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.